Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with Jeremiah Stringer, the soon-to-be father, Jeremiah Stringer. Jeremiah, what's it like, man? Now you've had a whole week. It's out in the open. The whole world knows you're going to be a dad. (laughs) Yeah, our first public announcement was actually last week on our live stream. And then I put that audio out on podcast as well. And it has been enjoyable. You get um, plenty of advice that you never ask for. (laughs) (laughs) How you should do this, how you should do that. It's not going to stop either, just so you know. It's just (laughs) Just always going to be there. Uh, But, yeah, it's been awesome. Um, If anybody missed it, Bridget, she joined us on the live stream last week, and she came on air and made the announcement that we have a baby due in July. So, um, yep, we, we broke the news here on the backpacking podcast and then I shared it on Facebook and, you know, we had told our close friends and everything, but it's been great. Yeah. Now we're just counting down the days. Well, I'm, I'm excited for you guys, man. Last, last week was just fun all around. Episode 200 was just such a celebration. You know, we just got to celebrate the last four years of doing this podcast and, uh, That's kind of why I wanted the screen to look like this right here, because this is what our podcast looked like for the first, you know, three or four years of this thing. Um, you know, we've we've moved things around a little. We do things a little differently. But I thought, you know, we'll go a little retro on the way the screen looks while we're doing this one. So if you're on YouTube, you'll know what you you know what I'm saying when you see it. But Jeremiah, what was your favorite thing from last week? Uh, I mean, the baby announcement was pretty awesome. I don't know if I'm allowed to say something else besides the baby announcement. Oh, sure you are. <laughs> what was your second favorite thing besides the baby announcement? Well, honestly, man, I love whenever you and I get to be in the same room to record this because oftentimes where we live an hour or two apart, you know, we we record separately, even though we can see each other and we could talk and everything. But um, I love being there. The chemistry is great, and we always get to eat some good grub. I was going to say, man. Eating some Japanese food beforehand was really nice. Is it, it was good getting to have some sushi, some hibachi. Oh, man, that was nice. That was real nice. Yeah, dude. And we had uh, so many people that oh, man. were on there live and commenting. I think that that set the record for the most interactions we've had during an episode. And thank you, everybody that, uh, you know, you participated. You donated to the, the diaper fund, as I'll call it. Got some super chats in there. And then there were we so many what? super chats, man. How <laughs> yeah. cool was that? I mean, just people like, hey, we love you guys. Here's some here. We want to help you out. I mean, that's honestly, if it wasn't for stuff like that and the sponsors that we have, we wouldn't. I mean, this podcast wouldn't probably be around anymore. So, yeah, really thanks, thankful. Thanks to everybody. And if you all want to still enter the giveaway, it is open for another week. And all you got to do is go to episode 200 on Spotify. And then you comment on the Q&A, and all the Q&A says is make us laugh to win the giveaway. So we've already got some submissions on there. Um, I'd love to see some more. It's a a $50 gift card to uh, one of our sponsors for this show, OutdoorBeards.com. So show them some love, and uh, you'll get some in return. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see. I've intentionally not read any of the comments. I went oh, I to see if we got any, and I saw that we got some, but I'm not going to read them. 
I, I yeah. want to see which one, when I read them all together, I want to see which one makes me laugh the most. I totally agree. I haven't read through them either. I just, I've went on there and I've looked and seen the, you know, that we have the submissions, but I'm excited. You know, another thing I loved about last week was that we got videos from our friends that, oh. uh, that left comments and roasted us a little. I think Rob Pelt might be still my favorite one. The one <laughs> got, right after uh, the backpacking and blisters guys, when he just made fun of us for having backpacking and blisters on our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Oh, and I tell you, I'm going backpacking with Carl. Oh, is that right? No, I don't think you had told me. Yeah, they're doing a um a Patreon meetup at the what Red River it? Gorge. I'm not gonna, I can't give a date or anything because I don't want to, you know, have anybody jump in on the the parade that they're the the party or whatever. But yeah, I'm going backpacking with them in the spring, uh, doing a a trip three days in the Red River Gorge. And uh, there's a bunch of people I've never even met in my life, but they're all going to be there. So it's going to be fun. You're going to show them around the gorge? Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to show them around or not. There's a guy apparently coming with us who loves the gorge and has been there a lot. So he may know more than I do. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can learn a thing or two from him. I'm always yeah. open here. Well, and speaking of learning, that's kind of what today's episode is about. Oh, yeah. I I'm, I'm the transition guy. So, uh, but what we're doing today is with it being episode 201, I kind of had this idea that I threw to a Jeremiah and said, Hey, everybody does backpacking 101. Like what do beginners do? So I was like, why don't we unpack maybe what not beginners do? Like taking it from beginner to the next step up. Cause you know, when you're in college, you have 101, 201, 301 classes. And then in your graduate classes, you use like 401, 501, that kind of thing. So we're going to go to 201 class today on backpacking. And so Jeremiah and I both have come up with three things each that we think are good advice uh, to take your backpacking to the next level. So Jeremiah, would you like to be the first one to go on this? Absolutely. And I want to just tell my intentions here to reiterate what you said. We are trying to do our best to elevate what you already know as a backpacker. So yes. my first is it's a little bit ironic. Okay. Because I'm not heeding my own advice here, but my advice is don't force unsolicited advice for backpacking on people you don't know. And that is exactly <laughs> what I'm doing with, with this advice. Well, I mean, people are listening to the show sometimes looking for advice on stuff. So I don't know if it's necessarily unsolicited. I mean, that's kind of why people listen to podcasts and stuff. So, well, I don't, think, I, mean. I don't think you're breaking the rules or anything. I mean, what you don't want to be that person that you you're at a shared camp or you're at a shelter on a trail or, you know, somebody brought a buddy and then you are, I don't want to say Mr. or Miss know-it-all, but like, you know, you're telling them the right way to do things when in right. reality, there, there's technically not a right way. I mean, there are some some boundaries right we got to leave no trace and all that stuff and those are good boundaries uh but for the most part hike your own hike even though it's it's overplayed it well, is a, it's a real thing now there are some things like setting up a tent there's a wrong way to set up a tent and if you see someone <laughs> yeah. struggling please help them like that's good that's being nice but yeah. you're talking more like you see someone who uh Maybe they're, they're they're in a hammock setup and they decide they want to set their tarp up a certain way, and you just don't think that's a good way to do it. 
they don't need yeah, your advice. Or, or a piece of gear that uh, that you have, oh. and they have a different piece of gear, and you're like, this one's so much better. Yeah, you the should, gear police are terrible. Yeah, you should do it my way. Or it could even be, you know, we're we're taking a trail, and you know somebody's like, I don't know, you know, sometimes you're out and people don't know exactly where they're going, or they they have a route in mind, and then. I don't know. I feel like at the gorge, I'm always coming across people that I feel like they should have brought a map with them. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to tell them this is the way you need to do it. Um, but you show them the map and they're like, yeah, we're going to go this way. And you're like, well, I hope they know that's going to add three miles to their trip. And that's the long way. Yeah. But you can have a conversation about it, but you don't want to be the guy that says, okay, look, I've done it that way. You definitely don't want to go that way. I mean, use your best judgment here, but let people do their own thing is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, there's there's nothing worse than those guys who they look at your gear and they, they the first thing they would do is can I hold can I pick up your backpack? And they pick it up and go, that's that's a little heavy. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're feeling this one. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes that guy. Nobody no. likes that guy. That guy's a jerk. So don't be a jerk. That's that's Jeremiah's first tip. Don't be a jerk. I like it. How's that? Okay. So for my first for my first tip, um, in when you start backpacking, the idea is just get gear, get gear, get on the trail, and get some experience on the trail with your gear. When you advance to the next step up, start picking a different piece of gear every once in a while. And start upgrading those pieces of gear. Um, for multiple reasons. One just being that you, you can find some gear that you use as a beginner isn't real durable and it's going to fall apart over time. You don't want to fall apart, falling apart on trail. So get mm -hmm. that stuff upgraded before that can happen. Um, if you're like me and you didn't start backpacking till later on in life, uh, start looking for some lighter weight versions of the same gear you have. Uh, maybe you're somebody who you can only go backpacking three seasons because you don't have insulation that can get you to four seasons. Start looking for that four-season gear. Um, but once you have your main kit figured out, it's time to start maybe going, maybe I've got some things I can upgrade along the way. And I'm going to throw a little uh, little bonus tip into there with that. When you get the better gear, keep the old gear. Because you may have a friend that wants to go backpacking with you, and they don't have any gear. And you can help them get back on the trail with you. So that's my next one. I like that. And I love the last part about keeping the old gear. You know, so I've, I have quite a bit of gear, you know, where we got the podcast and the YouTube channel and plus I love backpacking. So I love just buying gear and trying different stuff. And I got to tell you, I have went on numerous trips where I am able to provide everything that they need. And I say, you just need to bring your food, bring yep. some food and water. And I'll, I will teach you, you know, how to set up the tent or, you know, I will make sure that you have the right rated gear for the weather, etc., And it has come in so handy. And I also, sometimes some of that new gear fails and you got to warranty it out and you send mm -hmm. it back. In the meantime, you want to go on a trip, that old heavy budget sleeping bag might come in a little handy. Yeah, you're right. A hundred percent. Right. It's sometimes it's just good to have backup gear. And also again, like it, it, the big thing about backpacking, it's so much more fun with friends. Well, I will continue to be a hypocrite and tell you to do things <laughs> your own way while also telling you to do things my way. Okay. So here's here's my second one. 
Be kind to your future self. Yeah, I, you told me this one, but you didn't tell me what that meant. So I'm really excited to see what you're going to say here. So I try as, as often as I can to do this for me in the future, not just backpacking, but in life. So, for example, on this backpacking trip, I just got back, and we may talk later in the show on this, or maybe we won't. But I just went on this trip to Cave Run, and I was backpacking. I, I said, you know, I'm going to do something for my future self. And it's basically just preparation. I'm going to put a cooler in the truck and I'm going to put two waters in there so that whenever I get done with my trip, I'll have something to drink and maybe a snack. You know, you might want to leave a snack too. Well, sure enough, I got back to the truck and was totally out of water. Like the last three miles of our hike, yeah. no water. And I drank it all. So if I hadn't had that, whenever I got back to the truck, I mean, the nearest gas station is 40, 40 minutes away. Oh, that would have been awful. Yeah. Yeah, my lips are still a little bit dry. I'm parched. Parched. Mm -hmm. But I'm not I'm not just talking about uh leave yourself a water. Plan ahead. Try to be kind to your future self. And then uh whenever you find that little, you know, piece of chocolate that you had in your hip belt for your future self. Oh, thanks, Past Jeremiah. Boy, he was being nice. Um <laughs> and anything that I can do. That's going to make my life easier. Whenever I'm tearing down, I will do it. Whether yeah. it is putting all my stuff sacks in one stuff sack and then putting that in a certain part of my backpack every time. I always want to try to do things that's going to make my life easy whenever I get to do, you know, the next objective. So be kind to your future self um, and leave yourself some little treats and try to bleed that into other aspects of your life. You know? you know what I like to do with that, Jeremiah? There's something I started doing a long time ago with that in mind. Um, when I would get done with a hike, I mean, your feet are only sore after a week in a hiking if you've done any oh, miles, yeah. you know? So I always had my Chacos waiting in the floorboard of the driver's side. So as soon as I got off trail, the trail runners came off, the socks came off, I put on my sandals, and my feet aired out, and I got to drive home a little more comfortably. And uh, especially if you're doing a longer drive, you got like a four or five hour drive after hiking, man, it sure is nice to have your feet a little more open and able to air out a little bit, you know? So that's a great tip, man. Great tip. Yeah, Take I've done care that. of your future self. I like I've that. I've done that same thing with the, uh, I wore my Crocs on the way up there and then changed into my trail runners at the trailhead. And then once we got done, first thing I did was take my backpack off, take those shoes off. Yep. Throw it in the truck. Yep. You're exactly right. Yeah, that's there's nothing that feels better than get, letting those feet just kind of breathe a little bit after all that. Hiking. You do, you do with socks or without socks on the way home? Oh, without, without totally socks. Without. Oh yeah. I feel, I feel like my feet will sweat in my shoes without the socks. Well, I've got I've got chacos. Yeah, mine are Crocs. Mine are sandals. Yeah, that's true. Maybe so, mine hold a little bit more residual heat. Well, yeah, and they're plastic, so yeah, they're gonna make rubber. your feet sweat a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's a great tip, man. That's that's a great tip. Okay, so my next one. Uh, typically, when you go backpacking, nobody goes just backpacking on their own. Typically, usually you've got someone who's taking you out on the trail. And most people that get into backpacking as a beginner are typically going on trips with friends or other people. I'm gonna say to go to the next level on backpacking, uh, go on a solo trip. Plan out a three day solo trip for yourself. Uh, this will help in a number of ways. One. It gives you more confidence on trail because you realize you don't have to rely on other people to make sure that you're going to make it through a weekend trip. 
it also teaches you not to depend on other people for things like water and food uh, and gear that you may forget. You're going to be much more mindful of what you need to have on trail because you're the only person you can depend on. Um, and this also makes you a better person for other people to want going with them on a backpacking trip because they know they don't have to de- they don't have you to worry about when they take you on a trip. There's nothing worse than going on a trip with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't have anything with them, but they never let you know that they're like that. If you've got somebody who you're going hiking with and you know they've gone on solo trips, you're pretty much guaranteed they're going to be fine. So, yeah. That's my next and one. I, I'll play a little bit of the devil's advocate here. Some people only exclusively do solo trips. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometime if you can get outside your comfort zone and um, go with a group of people. Unless you're a jerk, then don't go with anybody because nobody's going to want you. With you. <laughs> no, stick to the solo. If you're a jerk, <laughs> stick to the solo. I don't want to go with you. Do everybody a favor and just stay by yourself. If you're a jerk, just just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Um, yeah, but you are right, it. man. It basically boils down to becoming independent. Any any steps that you can take to be independent. So, you know, you're like we've been talking about preparedness. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to be prepared out there. And the people that I go with a lot. One thing I absolutely love about it is I don't have to worry about, you know, helping them set up their tent or anything. I can go do my own thing and they can do their own thing. And it just basically saves a lot of time. Yeah. Well, and I'm fiercely independent. So I I don't want people to depend on, like, I don't want people to think I need to depend on them when I go backpacking. I Mm. want all my stuff to be taken care of by me and I don't want anybody else worrying about it. Yep. I'm right there with you. I'll give you my last one. Um, one thing that I'm trying to do myself is to, to find a maximized efficiency routine for mm. not only whenever I'm, uh, prepping and getting ready for the trip, but also when I come back. So I want, I have, I have a room dedicated at my house to storing all of my camping and backpacking gear and also working in as an office for a YouTube studio and, I'll tell you, I'm trying to figure out the the most efficient way to make sure that my clothes and everything are packed in my backpack so it's easy to get out whenever I get home, to get those washed, and to put those with the rest of the gear so I don't have to look for them in my closet because I have like a separate, you know, set of outfits for backpacking. Find Trying to find the best way to make sure everything is aired out, like if I come home with a wet tarp, where to air that out at the house and uh, make sure that I have a specific place to pack that back up. I'll tell you what I used to do is I have all these bins with all this different gear. So when I come home from a trip, I put my Sawyer in my filter box. I put my sleeping bag, you know, in the closet. I would put my cooking pot in the cook pot uh, bucket and I had all these spots. And what I found was every time I went to pack, it would take me like two hours because I'm having to decide I'm having to go through a box and be like, okay, in this box, which stove do I want in this box, which first aid kit do I want, you know, and I'm going through each of them. Well, now what I do is just, I have a couple of specific on the go boxes where when I come home from a trip, this is the most common gear I take. It goes straight in there. And so some people even will pre-pack their backpack and have everything ready to go. And the only thing they had to put in it, whenever they're ready to go with some consumables, you know, fuel, water, food. So I don't know what the right way to do it is. I'm experimenting myself, but 
to go from beginner where you're just learning and now you're at intermediate, once you get there, try to find the most efficient way so that if somebody hollers at you and says, Hey, do you want to go on a trip? You can be ready in 20 minutes. You know, you right, might have to right. some food, but it's not going to take you three hours and it's not going to be a stressful experience because what's going to happen is that's going to create a wedge between you and something you enjoy doing. And then you're like, man, do I really want to take this evening and have to pack all that stuff up just so I can be gone for 28 right. hours? Right. Uh, I think I'll skip this trip, you know? So find an efficient way to pack and unpack and, and just take care of your business. No, I think that's great. I mean, you're looking, if you look behind me, you can see my stuff. So, I mean, yep. all my Store. stuff's back there, but if you notice, like there's a right by my thumb here, that's usually where there's a couple zero degree quilts. They are currently packed in my backpack because uh, I'm going out on Wednesday. So, although I may have to repack because uh, the temperature changed drastically in Kentucky, it's like 61 degrees outside right now in February. So, uh, yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen with that. But uh, that was a great tip, man. I, I, I'm with you 100%. I have a checklist on my mm -hmm. phone that I go through. And typically for me, I know what the things that I like to take the most. And so I can grab my stuff, throw it out. What I do is I throw everything in the living room. I've got everything. Like I've got a, a rug in the living room, and I can put everything where I want it to go on that rug. And I'll have my backpack out there, and then I can simply go through my, my checklist and make sure everything's there. And if anything's missing, I'll run back and grab it real quick, throw it in, pack the bag, and I'm ready to go. So it may not take me 30, 20 minutes, but it might take me like 30 or 40, and I'm ready to go. But you got a system. Yeah, I got a system. And that, makes, that, make, that prevents you from forgetting stuff a lot of times. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Okay, so great tip. Fantastic tip. Last one. This is uh, it, once you've gone past beginner, you know, there was somebody somewhere that convinced you to go backpacking and there was probably somebody that taught you a lot and tried to help you out. So I believe that the next step you should be taking, if you're, if you're moving from a beginner to a more experienced backpacker, I think you need to take a newbie on a trip. I think it's one of the best experiences you can have. Uh, cause here's the thing. It's not going to be unsolicited advice at that point because they're going to be asking you everything. And so you get the opportunity to show somebody else how to do something you love. And I got to be honest, man, some of my favorite trips have been going with noobs out on the trail and helping them figure things out and learn things. And uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun and seeing the excitement in their eyes as they figure things out, as they get to see things that they don't get to see unless they hike there. You know, those things are just awesome. And so I would say there's something really valuable to being the person that's taking the newbie out on the trail and showing them how, uh, how backpacking is just awesome. Yeah. And even if, even if the way your journey to becoming a backpacker didn't start with somebody showing you the ropes, it's a great thing to do. Yeah. You know, it, you, you may most likely what's going to happen is somebody's either going to fall in love with it or they're going to be like, yeah, this isn't for me. And yeah. if they fall in love with it, you might now have a best buddy to go backpacking with all the time. Yeah, man. And that's the thing, too. The guys that I love going backpacking with were two guys that didn't backpack before they met me. So it's it's kind of cool that I've got these two guys that, that I'm doing some backpacking with. And it's because they they got to go on their first trips with me, which is freaking awesome as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah. And I got to tell you, there are a few places in life where distractions just go away. You know, mm -hmm. even if you're having coffee with a friend, you have to make the conscious decision. Okay. I'm going to set my phone aside or, you know, if you're, if you're out doing something, see people all the time on dates and then they're just sitting there looking at their phone or sitting there not talking. And there's, there's so many distractions, but out there backpacking, like sometimes I have no cell phone service. And so that game yep. you really wanted to watch, well, guess what? Now you're going to be having a, like a, a grown man conversation with another person around you know? a fire, around a fire, eating steak. Yeah. Or tofu. If that's what you're into. Oh, please don't tell me that happens. Um, <laughs> it doesn't happen to me. I, I brought some steak, but yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that, I think it's so good to like find people that you can go out backpacking with. And sometimes you have to kind of create that for them. Some people really are interested in it, but they just don't know what to do. And you could be the person that shows them the, uh, the joy that we have all found in backpacking. So definitely be that person for somebody. Cause man, if you can give someone that love, you've just changed their whole life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree. You want to hear a couple of highlights from a trip? Can, can I show you something real quick? Absolutely. I'd love to see it. So I've been saving up money for a while. Like people who, who know me, have listened to the podcast, watched my channel, whatever, know that over the last few years I've grown this love for knives, right? Mm -hmm. well, I just got my first uh, custom bench-made knife right here. Oh. And it is pretty. It's the mini Crooked River, and I got it customized with my favorite colors and the steel that I wanted and the handle that I wanted. And I can't wait to take it out backpacking with me. I mean, this thing I think could cut through a tree. Is so, the handle wood? What is that finish? Yeah. Okay. So uh, you're not gonna be able to see it real close on the camera, but it, it is wood. But what they do with it is um, they, they put the wood in and then they put a resin in it to kind of harden the wood. So it almost feels like a plastic, but that's because of the resin that they put over the wood. So it makes it more durable, last longer, and more water resistant. So now, it's really those nice. Knives. Is that your second one? It's my second Benchmade. My first one was a gift from my father-in-law. He got me a Griptilian, which I still have, and I love it. Um, but I've always wanted to do a custom-made one. And so yeah. I finally got the chance to do it, man. It's a sweet knife. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say for a while to buy one. They're good knives. They run you a pretty penny, but they're good knives. Well, and here's the thing. Anything that, that you, if you're willing to save up the money and you want the, the high quality stuff, you're going to have to do that to get something nice. And so that's kind of what I did. Okay. What do you think about the people who they, this is, this is like a marketing technique that Oakley uses. Okay. Or, you know, high-end sunglasses. They say, if, if you are willing to spend $200 on these sunglasses, then you are really, really going to take care of them. You're going to make sure that you know where they're at. You're not going to lose them. You're not going to take them out on the boat. You're really going to take care of them. As long as you're not a teenager. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know many teenagers spend $200 on sunglasses. No, not, not I know some parents that spend that on their kids. Yeah, so. not my budget. <laughs> I had $200 sunglasses are out of question for me. No, so definitely not getting them. But yeah. do you, what do you, how, 
How much accuracy do you feel there is to that? I think there is to some degree, but I mean, I have AirPod, uh, one of the AirPod Pros, the the little AirPods that are real nice. Mm-hmm. I have those, and they're like 150, 250 bucks, whatever it is. I can't remember, but I take those on trail with me because I like the noise cancellation, and they they do a good job. And really, I mean, all the backpacking gear I use, I've got a Z-Pax Dupl- or a Z-Pax uh, backpack. That's a four hundred dollar backpack, mm-hmm. and I've beat the ever loving tar out of that thing. Yeah, but that's what you buy it for. Yeah. Like, I would not want to buy a pair of sunglasses where I can't wear them anywhere. It kind of defeats the point of having the sunglasses in the first place. I've talked about this before, but I bought those AirPod Pros, and they didn't fit my ear like it hurt my ear. I guess the shape wasn't didn't agree with my ear, and apparently your ear is like a fingerprint. Everybody's yep. ear is different, so there's kind of like a shape, but everybody's a little bit different. So it made my ears sore, so I got like the first-generation non-wireless charging just regular lightning cable air AirPods. And I've been using those for three years or four years. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds great, right? Except last night, um, I got home from a trip, <laughs> took a shower, you know, hung out, ate dinner. I was about ready to um, go to bed. And oftentimes what I like to do is put in one AirPod whenever I'm going to sleep and listen to a podcast as I'm going to sleep. But you, there's a there's a delicate balance. Okay, the podcast can't be too interesting or too good. Because you won't sleep. Then you won't sleep. Okay, but it, it can't be so boring that you don't want to listen to it at all. Because otherwise, so there's no point. You definitely did not listen to the backpacking podcast. No, the backpacking podcast, it'll keep you tuned, guys. Oh, uh, You're not going to sleep. You're not going to sleep. No, you're listening no. to the whole thing. Trust me. So, so you listen. What I, you're saying is you listen to the backpacking and blisters podcast. <laughs> Those words did not come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hoping one of the guys listens to this. I obviously don't mean that. I love those guys, but I like to bust on well, a little bit. I went to grab my AirPods, and guess what? No AirPods. Oh no. Okay. Well, I always keep them in my left front pocket. You know, I got some chapstick in there in my pocket knife. Your EDC stuff, pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Wasn't in there. I oh, checked my pants man. pocket that I wore on trail, and I'd just taken them off and thrown them in the floor because I wanted a nice, hot, long shower. So I just took everything in my pockets, tossed those pants in the floor. I checked those pants pockets, every one of them, no AirPods. So I went to, I went on my phone to the Find My app. That's literally what they call it. Find my right, right, and it will it won't show a live location for my AirPods. It'll show the last place that you had them open and used, and they were connected to your phone. So I don't know if I have something turned off on that feature, or if they're a first gen and that's just the way they are, or something's went wrong with them. I have no idea. Yeah, all I know is it shows me the last place I used them, and it was where I took them out at the uh the trailhead on sunday because i I took them out said goodbye to my friends got the truck and left so they very well could be at that trailhead they could be somewhere in my truck i looked all in my truck couldn't find them anywhere or they might be here at the house somewhere i have no idea but i said well (sighs) 
Looks like old Pappy's getting some new AirPods tonight. I ordered some <laughs> AirPods last night, baby. While I, as soon as I couldn't find them, I spent about 20 minutes searching for them. And as soon as I couldn't find them, I said, well, here goes $200. So I, uh, I got the third generation basic AirPods. Here's something I don't understand though, dude. Yeah. Why in the world does that third generation AirPod case not have a USB-C port? Why is it lightning? I don't know, man. I know the new ones, the new uh, AirPod Pros, you can actually buy a new charging case for them, and they have USB-C on those. Well, um, that was not an option on Apple's website for the third generation. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, but they I'm should sorry, be here man. on Wednesday. I got Jeremiah engraved across oh, nice. the front of them. You know, my... The main issue that I have with AirPods, the biggest issue I have, you'd never guess this. It's getting the case mixed up with other people's AirPods. Because whenever I go play basketball, it seems like everybody that plays pickup basketball at my gym has two things. An identical, identical AirPods case to me and an identical iPhone. Or even if it's not an identical iPhone, just glancing at them, mm -hmm. they all look the same on the face. So I think with the engraving, it's much less likely that I'm going to get an ear infection from accidentally taking someone else's AirPods home. Yeah. That's, that's thought, wild. You would think that you, well, you know, you can always, uh, they have cases you can buy to put over them so that like you can personalize them. Have you thought about doing that? Yeah, but I'm one of those weird people. I almost want my phone naked. Isn't that weird? Well, I mean, when you go backpacking, you've only said you'd prefer to backpack naked. So, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I did not. I never said that. Although, there is some, <laughs> for those that have never heard of it, a backpacking naked, or no, it's Naked Hiker Day, right? Yeah, it's sometime in the summer. I think it's during the solstice, isn't it? Summer solstice or something like that? I think it's June something. Yeah, I think it's during I've the summer never, solstice. I haven't participated. So, I want to show you something. Like, you were talking about buying stuff that's expensive and then not using it. And yeah. And a few years ago, I guess it was two years ago, I bought a nice camera. It uh -huh. was a, I mean, it's not the highest end camera, but the camera body alone was more expensive than my first camera. And I was terrified of taking it on trail. And so it was, it was one of these. This is a Sony a7C. Okay. That's a um, nice camera. It's a great camera. It's about, I think it was like 17, 1800 bucks. Uh, mm -hmm. just for the camera body, and that's not including, you know, all the other stuff. Now, there's much more expensive cameras, um, and I do freelance video. This is actually not my best camera. I have, an, I have a nicer one, um, but I have a friend named Benson, and Benson's a photographer. And so mm -hmm. one day we were sitting talking, and he's looking at one of my videos where I was hiking. He goes, what did you use for B-roll for your video? And I said, I used my, my iPhone. And he just looked at me. He goes, didn't you just spend, like, such and such money on a camera? I was like, yeah, I'm just worried about blah, 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 blah. He goes, why don't you go return your camera and then after you return your camera, take off your diaper, become a big boy and go back out into the woods and try and learn how to be a man. Oh my goodness. He said, he said, why are you spending that money? If you're not going to use it, that's the reason you have the camera. He's like, do the things you have to do to make sure that it's, it's in good shape while you're out there, but don't be afraid to take it. That's the reason you have it. And there are a lot of people I know who will buy really nice gear 
mm. and they're terrified to take it out on trail because they're afraid they'll scratch it or do something to it. But that's the point of buying it, you know? Yeah. The, so. the Dyneema stuff, man, I'm always hesitant. Like if I take my duplex L out, yeah, I'm always, I set that sucker up and then I'm patting the ground all around, patting, 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 just to check and see before I crawl in there. Am I going to tear a hole in this? Cause I don't use a ground sheet with the Dyneema. I probably should. Yeah, I do. I do. It says I know you don't they say you don't need to, but I don't care. Like, I don't care where we live in Kentucky. There's roots and stuff sticking out of the ground everywhere. And you could swear you got nothing on the ground. And all of a sudden you step and you can feel it under your foot in the tent. So, it's not you know what to me. You know what Jason showed me on our LBL trip? What's that? Speaking of Nema, he... He had been using this Dyneema tarp that at the time, what do they used to call it? Something uh, carp. Cuban fiber. Cuban fiber, yeah. He bought it whenever they still called it Cuban fiber. And he used this, and it was old and tattered. And I was like, dude, you got to get rid of this thing. Look at it. Like um, where you would tie one of the guy lines out, it was just like, it looked like a spider web, you know? It wasn't well, even holding together. And, and he also, like, he would take large pieces of wood and put him in the corner of the tarp and tie it down tight. So, I mean, he yeah. he put that thing through it. I mean, he put that tarp I mean, through it. Probably six or seven years of doing that. Yeah. I mean, that tarp has probably seen a thousand nights on trail. I remember the first backpacking trip I went on with Jason. He had that tarp with him. Back in yeah. 2000, I guess, 18, 19, 2019, I guess. Yeah. I went on this trip, and I've been on, on a few of them. He's, he's got this new Dyneema tarp. Oh yeah. Yeah. He got a new one. Finally had to bite the bullet. And <laughs> he said, man, I got a hole in my tarp. I said, what do you mean? He's like, there's, there's a hole. I got it repaired. I said, let's go take a look at it. He took me over there and dude, there was like a, I don't know, maybe a four inch cut, a three inch cut in. I was like, at least it's clean. I can't remember how he said he done it. Maybe it was, uh, shoving something in his backpack. Or, no. It was something else. I can't remember. Or maybe he didn't even know. I don't know. But the good thing about that Dyneema is as long as you have Dyneema tape, which is very expensive, by the way, that Dyneema tape is expensive. Yeah, it is. Dyneema. Um, but he stuck it on there just on one side. He said, I'm going to see how it does. I don't know if he's gotten rained on since, but that tape should hold it. I think the yeah. tape is actually yeah. tougher than the Dyneema itself because it's got the adhesive on there, too. Yeah, but I said, it should I would be fine. I said, I'd do it both sides, you know, that yeah, way the cut is covered regardless. Yeah, I would too. But I mean, yeah, the Dyneema is, it's one of the things about Dyneema that's so impressive is the tensile strength of it. But yep. the stuff they use for tarps and for tents is so thin that yes, the tensile strength is good, but at the same time, all it takes is a sharp object to touch it and it's gutting. I mean, it's just going to cut open. So yeah, that's the bad thing. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got the Durston, X mid pro two. And, uh, I, I, there, there have been times I got a little nervous setting it up because there's a lot of wind coming and I'm just nervous about some stick coming off a tree, flying across and then just slicing right through my tent. You know, it's just, there's always that fear of that when you're out backpacking. So that's, but, but if you don't take it out, why are you spending seven or 800 bucks on a tent? You know, dude, I've been beating up this backpack. I got the, uh, what the Southwest 4,500 or whatever by Hyperlite. Yeah. I don't know what the numbers are, but it's like a 70 liter backpack. 
And I, I cannot believe <laughs> that I haven't seen any, any signs of wear and tear yet. Yeah. Because I've been taking this thing in the wintertime and I don't know what the weight is that it's rated for, but dude, we went to big South fork and Mike, he had a scale, like a fish scale in his, his vehicle. And he said, let's weigh the packs. You know, we was at the trailhead about to put them on our back. I said, I don't even want to know. And then, then, you know, the trip was over and I was like, what was it? And it was like 48 pounds or 46 and a half pounds. And this is, this backpack is not rated for that, but I've been using it all winter. And every time putting 40 or 50 pounds in it, I'm just waiting for one of the straps to tear it loose. Oh yeah. Well, like, check I'm, this I, out. What you got? Oh goodness. It's still packed and it's kind of heavy right now, but. Oh, that's this the pack. I've had this now, what, for a little over two years. Well, you and got the, <laughs> that locker pocket is full. <laughs> Dude, I got everything full on this one. Cause I'm taking a bunch of stuff out with me. This is good. This is the heaviest pack that I have packed up in a long, long time. And it is. Oh dude, I've got a full size tripod on here. Um, I showed you, I've got a hatchet. I'm going to take with me to to do wood. So I am testing this pack to see if it can actually handle the weight. It says it can. What's it say? 40 pounds. Says 40 pounds. Okay. So it can yeah. handle it, but it doesn't. I wish they'd give you a comfort rating. I wish they'd be like, at 40 pounds, this thing is 30% comfortable. Well, actually, they say 40 pounds is comfortable with this. I just, I'm not buying it. I, now, I did it with 35 last year, or was it last year or the year before, um, down in North Carolina? And mm-hmm. it was comfortable. I mean, it really was. It was comfortable. It didn't bother me. Um, but I, I just want. I'm pushing it past 40, man. I'm going to see I'm going to see when this just starts to hurt, you know? I'm not doing a long trip, so I'm not going to have to worry about like hurting my back or anything. Like I'm going to do a few miles, but I want to see what it does. And I mean, the fabric on this thing has had the crap kicked out of. You you can't really see in in this video, but like there are some spots where you could see it's been rubbed up against stuff and there's dirt all over this thing and it's been beat up, but I'm dude. The, these new fabrics like Ultra are insane and they can take a lot so you already have food in there yeah the food's well i packed it for this last wednesday Uh, okay Uh, so now you're gonna be able to take it out yeah well see my wife uh had a bunch had like a horrible like thing where her neck just popped and all of a sudden she couldn't move her head Mm -hmm. and so i mean i could have gone into the woods but i really enjoy being married so um loving husband I, i stayed home and uh I'm just going to go out on Wednesday this week instead and uh, go hit the trail and enjoy the the woods and find me a little secluded campsite to chill out, have a little fire, and just relax for the night and then come home the next day and go back to work. Are you going to bring a saw? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a little uh, silky boy that I'm I've bringing out with people, me. You ever seen people do it with only the hatchet? Yeah. I'm like, God, dude, that is so much chopping to, like, fill a tree. I got no desire to do that. No, I processing wood. That thing would be fantastic. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I, 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 the real reason I wanted it was to split wood last week because it had been raining all week up to like two days before that. So a lot yeah. of the wood was going to be wet. So I was like, I want. I'm going to have to split wood because anybody who's been out in the woods, you know, you it's hard to light wet wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get it split open, a lot of times it'll burn because the inside will be dry. Um, so I was going to split wood and, and do that, but uh. 
Now I'm just taking it because I just want to see how much crap I can put in this backpack and <laughs> see what but it you, can handle. You probably won't need that big of a fire. I mean, no. like you said, it's been. No. I saw this weekend, this past weekend, I was like, okay, it's going to be a high of 55 or 60 and a low of like 31, and it's February. I got to get out. And yeah. Jason invited me to go um, to Cave Run Lake. I said, okay. I gotta get out there for at least one day, but I, I'll tell you the heaviest thing in my backpack. You know what it was? Some food. Your water, food, food, man. I brought, I brought. Let me tell you my breakfast. I I brought two fully cooked biscuits. I brought um, several eggs. Only ended up eating two. I brought bacon, fried up some bacon and some cheese so my breakfast was bacon egg and cheese That's all made on trail over the fire except for the biscuits like i said i already pre-cooked them but i still heated them up over the fire and took me like three tablespoons of butter as my uh <laughs> to put in the skillet to keep stuff from sticking yeah work to perfection you know what i brought for dinner the night before what's that A new york strip Ooh man some some of these little potatoes you had these little uh what are they are they yeah, little pearl potatoes little little tiny ones yeah i mean these had smoked gouda and some different uh different spices like basil oregano that kind of nice. stuff nice oh man that and kroger dude i don't i can't find the little cornbread sticks from kroger you know what i'm talking about they're no. like inches long it's a little sweet cornbread you can buy them individual packs i went to the bakery and i was like what is the deal last two times i've been here y'all normally have like a big basket and you know you can reach in there and get these little individually wrapped cornbreads it's great with your mashed potatoes or whatever yeah. on trail yeah and they haven't had them she said well those were just a promotional thing the little ones but we sell the big packs but we're sold out and i said oh man that's just heartbreaking I had to settle for Hawaiian sweet rolls, which is not the worst thing in the world. Those are good. Those are good. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? Hey, that, actually, that's funny you mentioned this. The first time I went backpacking with Jason, uh -huh. I brought Hawaiian sweet rolls. <laughs> They're and, good. And, and um, either myself or Ian, my buddy, we sat on them by accident. Oh, not and so they were good. all smushed. You know, they were just completely smushed. So... Yeah. How do you how do you keep from smashing your bread and stuff whenever you're backpacking? Man, I the only Are way you, I can think of you can do it is you put it in the very top and you just don't make your the top of your backpack too tight. Yeah, some people they push down on the top of the backpack, roll that sucker. Oh, up. I do. I do. I want I want I don't want stuff moving. Like when I'm <laughs> no, hiking, I, I don't want gear moving, but if I've got bread, it's a different story. Although well, I don't know if you remember this, Jeremiah. What? When I met up with you guys and Ben McMillan, um, up at the gorge, it was like it's several, it was like the it was twenty twenty I think. Uh, I actually brought a Tupperware full of mashed potatoes. Oh, I remember that. That was a heavy, that was a heavy load there. Well, and I also had Jason's like fifteen degree underquilt because I borrowed it up in Wisconsin on a trip. Yeah, and so I had that strapped on a pet. Like if you remember, I had it in the canvas bag hanging off the back of my backpack. And so the whole time I'm hiking, I'm carrying all this weight and it's bouncing 
like his backpack is or his uh, sleeping bag is bouncing off the back of my backpack the whole time. And I was trying out this frameless pack and I way overpacked it. Oh, it's so easy to do, man. It's no, the it food. Was, it was so uncomfortable. You know, but those mashed potatoes were good, man. Jason thought I was copping out when I said I was bringing mashed potatoes because he thought I was going to bring like instant mashed potatoes because he's like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to have steak. We're going to have all this. And I said, I'll bring mashed potatoes. And he's like, oh, okay. I think, what's his problem, man? I'm bringing good. I had like, there was like garlic and bacon and cheddar and chives uh, in those bake in those mashed potatoes. Tons of butter. They were so good. Yeah, if you're going to make real potatoes, I mean, that's that's unbeatable. You got them seasoned yeah. up. Even if you're going to do instant, still, yeah. I still like to bring a little string cheese to throw in them. And, uh, yeah. Oh, dude, Sh Sean, he had this little MSR. So I, I wanted to season up my eggs, right? And I called Bridget. I was like, hey, where's those little salt packets? She had some from some fast food restaurant. Yes, that's exactly what he had. One half is pepper, the other side is salt. salt. And he said, I got some salt if you need it. I said, let me see it. He threw that over there, and I said, this is genius, man. I got to order one of these yesterday. This yeah. is these things are These things are awesome. For those who can't see, they're about three inches long. It's like a shotgun. Yeah, size. There's a little flip cap on either side. One side you can put salt in, the other side you can put pepper, whatever the heck you want. Um, and... It doesn't weigh very much, and I actually bought this at J&H Landmark in Lexington, which is a, an outfitter we, ha we have here, and uh, man, I've used this on so many trips, it's ridiculous, and it's great because especially like if some of those uh, freeze-dried meals, mm -hmm. they're bland. Yeah, some they of leave. them are just bland, especially <laughs> if you're going to do Mountain House. If you're doing Mountain House, bring like three of those and pour all the salt and pepper into them. Like what if you're a, gonna eat Mountain House beef stroganoff that everybody swears is so good, no, no, dude, bring some salt. It needs it. Trust me. The ironic part is that probably already has three times your daily <laughs> sodium intake already in there, but it still doesn't taste good. Hey, you know what? If you're hiking long miles, you need the sodium anyways. So it's all good. It's all good. So uh, one of Jason's best friends on this trip that we just went on, he accidentally brought a Mountain House. We said, how did you do it, man? How did you buy a mountain house? He said, it was the packaging, man. The, they changed the packaging. They got me with the packaging. He just saw it on the shelf, and it said whatever it was. Yeah. You know? And he grabbed it and uh, brought it out there, and he got it out. And sure enough, the new mountain house packaging, the marketing. There it is. That's beautiful. That's just beautiful. Yeah, dude. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, – that LBL overlanding trip that I went on. Yeah. Ago, I I brought steak on that one as well. And I wanted to season up. I can't remember. I brought several things. You know, you can bring whatever you want whenever you're in the car. So I brought like a Yeti and, you know, steak and a bunch of different foods. But I remember thinking ahead of myself, be kind to your future Jeremiah self. Bring some seasonings. And I brought... I brought like a whole Ziploc, dude. I just cleaned out our cabinet at the house, you know, our spice cabinet. I yeah. said, what, what's some of my go-tos? I had garlic powder, onion powder, basil, oregano, thyme, rosemary, salt, pepper. Oh, look at you, dude. You got a canister. You got some cumin in there. You got bro, bro this is my this is my car like camping like seasoning. It's literally salt, black pepper, garlic salt, cayenne, curry, and paprika. 
Oh, all in this you. one little it, thing, man. I'm telling you. And then, and then also, the secrets this man has. Superbird poultry seasoning for chicken. I've never heard of that. Oh man, this stuff's good. This stuff's really good. So yeah, I, when you're car camping, man, all the rules are out the window. You bring everything. Oh yeah. You bring everything. Yeah, you. If you think, I just think, hmm, when I use that, maybe better bring it just in case. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely, man. I'll tell you what, I cannot wait. In a couple weeks, or I guess three weeks now. Is it two weeks mm-hmm. or three weeks from now? It's two weeks from now. We're going to have our first uh, live guest for the new season coming up, and it's Tara Trex. And, dude, I cannot wait to get her on here. She is a She's an FKTer. She's a long-distance hiker, and she has a love for the Appalachian Trail and the Appalachian Trail community like nobody I've ever seen before. I, I think this is going to be a really good episode. Oh, I can't wait to talk to her. That is February the 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Backpacking Podcast YouTube channel. And, of course, we will uh, post the audio um, a couple days later, that Wednesday, February the 21st, anywhere that podcasts are available. Yeah, and we can't wait for you guys to be a part of that. If you can be part of the live stream, come on in. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You get to throw some questions at us. And with Tara being there, we want everybody to throw her some questions. I'm sure she's got a lot of knowledge that she can share on the podcast, and we can't wait just to see what she what she has to say. So, Jeremiah, this was fun, man. This is just good times. Yeah, I love sitting and hanging out with you, dude. It's always a good time. Yeah, man. Well, hey, we will catch you guys on the next one here at the Backpacking Podcast. Adios, folks.